Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. It's a privilege to introduce my new brother and 17th head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. No applause, huh? Come on. <laughs> Get it working in here, right? A statement really to uh, the Chicago Bears players and fans. Okay, we will play at a high tempo, a high effort, attacking physical style built upon speed, quickness, and explosive athletic ability. We will carry ourselves with an attitude of energy, passion, and intensity. We will play with maximum effort on every play. And my next piece of advice for the players, for sure, is get your track shoes on, because we're running. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Two years ago today, feels longer than that, doesn't it? Two years ago, two years ago today, uh, Matt Eberflus was introduced... As uh, the Bears head coach, and he remains there as the Bears head coach. He's still at Hallis Hall. Still at Hallis Hall. They uh, decided in their second training camp to um, put the track shoes away and and just sort of um, ease into the training camp and ease into the Packer game. Get your uh, hot bomb ready because many of you are going to pull a muscle. Um. But they did do, like I said, I thought they did a pretty good job of, of putting that offensive staff together. We'll see what Adam wow. Johns thinks. But, yes, that was two years ago today. He explained the hits principle and everything. I was hearing that in the background, too. Miller was uh, replaying the uh, the whole press conference. If you would like later, you can no. let the people hear the hits no. principle in case they forgot. Heard well, that part could time. be, but yeah. the whole press conference, it's not necessary. H is for hustle, I is for intensity, T is for the ball, which I always laugh There's at. There's nothing more football-y than that. The ball. believe he, he, he went deeper talking about taking it away, but then, like, an offense, like, not What's taking What's S the, again? Ah, uh, I forgot. Stank. No, oh, let's, smart, smart let's football. Be, okay, let's smart. Don't let, no penalties. Uh, okay, now I've I've had a little fun, but now also look. As I said a moment ago, this is your home for the Matt Eberflus show. This is home for the Matt Eberflus show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they did. They were second in the NFL in interceptions behind the San Francisco 49ers, who were playing in the Super Bowl. Their two linebackers that they, they signed contracts, free agent contracts, who did exactly what Matt Eberflus advertised he wanted from his li- linebackers. So while I can have some you know what's and giggles, there are some things that he advertised when he was introduced that were evident on the football field, at least in the second half of the season last year. Just trying to be fair. So they're yep. seven and ten, even when they're doing what he wants them to do. Just, just trying to be fair. John. It's a step. And no, the S doesn't stand for stank. Uh, let's bring in Adam Johns, who does great work for The Athletic, a friend of the show. He joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Uh, Johns, you remember this day pretty well two years ago, don't you? Man, listening to that intro, two years just 
flies by. That was uh, some really bad football to begin with, but <laughs> yeah, wow, wow, wow. Um, I, I want to say the S is for smart and situational football. I okay. believe that's correct. So it's H-I-T-S-S then? It's, no, it's, no, it's... no, 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 no. I think it's just one S. Maybe I added the extra S. It works both ways. It just still makes sense. And by the way, do you agree with me that there were times, especially in the second half of the season, that that hits principle was on display? Oh, 100%, Tom, 100%. I think by the end of the year, they finished, like, top five, top ten, in a lot of important defensive categories. Can it be better? Yes, their pass rush definitely needs to get, needs to get better. But, like, there's some advanced stats since, like, week five. They're, like, top three, top five, and EPA and all that. So, yeah, the defense definitely came along. Ah, different story on the, on the offense, though. Yeah. So you were um, the first one that I know of on the beat – who said to me, when I was fearful after the press conference, on our air, you said it to me, off the air, you said it to me, to us on the air, you said, guys, I do think there's a really good chance that Matt Eberflus is back. I believe you were the very first reporter out of anybody on that beat that that said that this was a strong possibility. So how do you believe all this worked out in the end with them keeping him and then putting this staff together after they did keep him. Well, thanks for patting me in the back there a little bit. I needed that today. Um, uh, I think it was the defense that ended up saving Matty Bucluse's job. I, I, I think the signs were there, especially starting in week five. And then it really took off once Montez Sweat was there. You saw like, young players. Like, this is important for like, the coaching staff. You saw young defensive players kind of come into their own, like Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson even, right, really taking off in this system, like that is a good sign for the defensive coaching staff, starting with Matt Eberflus. Now, all the problems were on offense, and as we know here, like once there are problems with the offense and especially the quarterback position, the winds have changed. They start blowing, and they get gusty here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. But they saw enough in Matt Eberflus and their defense to stick with them I like the stability that he brought when there were some difficult circumstances, especially early on in that season. The Bears liked all that. And, yeah, maybe I was one of the first, but I, I just think Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, going back to, like, that first season, they knew what that first season was, and he was going to get an opportunity to really build upon things the second season, especially going to his third year. Adam, what do you make of the offensive staff that they've put together here recently? You know, like, my favorite thing – about this, Tom, is that, like, Dane Waldron is bringing his friend. I think it always bothered me that, like, Matt Nagy came from Kansas City and brought nobody. Right. Brought nobody. He, he had to hire Mark Helfrich. Ted Phillips helped him get Harry Heastan, and then they became the first scapegoats when the run game wasn't working. Then, like, like the last couple years with Luke Getze. Like, there was, like, no previous connections with anyone else in that offensive coaching staff outside of the running backs coach who got fired, and they were only together in Pittsburgh in college when I think Getsy was like a graduate assistant or maybe even a player. I can't remember exactly, but they didn't coach together in the NFL. So I think it's a good sign for Shane Waldron that some of these young coaches, guys who have opportunities elsewhere, want to coach with him. I don't know what that means for quarterback, but I think it's a very good sign for what they're building offensively, starting with Shane Waldron. Yeah, I was going to ask, what, what do you think the message is for, from the, the hiring of Waldron? Is it that, because this offense 
will be, I mean, you'll tailor it to whoever you're, you're putting in your offensive huddle, but it will look, at, at least at the beginning, a lot like what Luke Getze was running. Do you draw any conclusions from the hiring of Waldron and the system that he will try to implement? I think he's like the perfect hire for like down the middle, right? If you want to you know, change quarterbacks and draft Caleb Williams, then Shane Waldron could be your guy because he's worked with four or five different ones at the NFL level. But if you want to stick with Justin Fields, well, then he has experience in this system, you know, coming from the same tree that Luke Getty did. And you know what? He has more experience in it than Luke Getty did. He's like straight off the tree coming from the L.A. Rams and Sean McFay. Like Luke Getty was from an extension there through Matt LaFleur. So I think it's like the, the perfect right down the middle hire if you don't want to show your cards right now, we know Ryan Poles does not. But if you're looking for reasons to keep Justin Fields, you can find them in Shane Waldron. If you're looking to move on from Justin Fields, you can find it in Shane Waldron too. How do you how do you think this is going to go though? Well, they're drafting a quarterback, right? I think we all <laughs> we, we all know that. Um, I think we all see the signs there. It's just like this has been described as like a unique opportunity from like. Some of my friends around the league. I think it's like a rare opportunity, Sylvie. Like the Bears are a young emerging team with a lot of drafted good young players, right? Guys that are earning second contracts that Cole Komet just got one. And uh, Jalen Johnson, who will get one soon enough, right? Like they have young emerging players on this roster. Like they're on the up. But you know what? They also have the first pick and they can add their own quarterback to this equation. You know, like. There are so many times where I try to talk myself into to keeping Justin Fields, but then you just look at the numbers. Bottom three, bottom third of the league in a lot of important passing categories. The numbers even get worse on third down, two-minute situation, fourth quarter. This is such a rare opportunity for a young, up-and-coming team to add a quarterback with the first overall pick. I don't know how Ryan Poles passes on this, again, this rare opportunity that he has. You mentioned the people around the league that you talk to, Adam. Like I, I, I contend that outside of Chicago, when you remove the emotion from the conversation, there's pretty much, I won't say consensus, there's a heavy, uh, heavy majority that feel that they're going to do exactly what you said. Do you believe the same thing, that there's one theory here in Chicago with the fans and there's another theory in the NFL universe outside of Chicago? Yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's it's two different. And like occasionally, you'll get some national analyst, some former player, throw his backing behind Justin Fields, and I get it. Justin Fields does some amazing things on the football field that other quarterbacks just can't do. But when you just look at the hard numbers, like the hard passing numbers, that's not difficult for the Chicago Bears to replace. At least they shouldn't be. Those aren't top 10 quarterback numbers. Those are bottom third of the league quarterback passing numbers. That's just the hard reality. That's the hard data. That's what it's telling you. Those are bottom third of the league passing numbers. So, like, this this is the way I see it. You got Ryan Poles here who came from Kansas City who was, who was the college scouting director when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. And Caleb Williams has been compared to him in so many different ways, right? So if anyone knows if those comparisons are accurate, they're valid, Ryan Poles would know. He would know if that tape that Caleb Williams has produced over three seasons in college, two being at USC, if that translates to the NFL. Because Patrick Mahomes, for all his ups and downs at Texas Tech, that translated by his first year as a starting quarterback for Kansas City. 
Why do you believe, uh, Waddle asked this question too to some of our listeners before, and you and I have had some conversations off the air about this. Why do you believe so many Bears fans are dug in that Justin deserves more of a chance? <laughs> the, 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 the past, I think it's almost like uh, it's, it's like the fear of failure again at the quarterback position, right? It, it's the Trubisky story. It's Jake Cutler in a certain capacity, right? It's Rex Grossman. Like, we've been down this road so many times here in Chicago, whether it's media covering the story or, like, our sons, Sylvie, like, watching this team, you know? Like, my sons wear, like, Justin Jefferson stuff. That's what they want, you know? They, they have Patrick Mahomes stuff because that's what they want. Those are the, the, the star players on television, right? Like, it pains you to say that as a Chicagoan, but that's the hard truth here in, in Chicago. So I think it's some of that, honestly. And I think a lot of things that Justin Fields has done for the Bears, it's very endearing. He is as tough as nails. He fits into to what you want for, like, your identity. The, the intangibles are through the roof. But the numbers, the passing numbers, they're just not there. And I don't know if they'll ever be there. And I think the Bears are starting to wonder the same. And I like that you have Shane Waldron. Thomas Brown, some guys who have different quarterback histories, now part of this evaluation for what's next. Adam, what do you believe his value is on the trade market, Justin? You know, I've heard maybe second round at most. Um, maybe you're looking at, like, the, the Raiders to come into to, uh, to question here. But I really don't know. I really don't know because you have a draft class coming up that could be two rounds deep, you know, where you have guys like Bo Nix, going in the second or third round where teams might want that instead of having to pay Justin Fields a year from now. So I think that's what hangs over this whole thing, you know, in terms of the the quarterback conversation is not just this one year. It's what happens in year five when you have that fifth-year option kicking if you pick it up. That's $22 million. That's a lot for a quarterback, again, like I said a couple times now, who has numbers in the bottom third of the league. Zooming out, how would you? How do you feel about the job that that Ryan Poles has done with this roster over the last two years? I like that he is consistently investing in the premium positions, and he and he promised to do that. It's taking cornerbacks like almost every single year, right? It's taking, it's finding ways to acquire a pass rusher, a Montez Sweat, drafting Braxton Jones, and it's Brax, then it's drafting Darnell Wright. Like the premium positions, that's how you build your football team. And Ryan Poles believes in that philosophy. It's trading for DJ Moore, having him be part of that first pick trade with the Panthers. Again, another premium position. The only premium position missing, guys, is quarterback. Like that's next, like on his checklist. If you're going down all of them, pass rusher, check it off. Cornerback, check it off. Nickelback, in a sense, check it off. Uh, offensive tackle, you could check it off. Quarterback, it's the only swing that Ryan Poles hasn't taken yet if you look at the premium positions in the NFL. And here he is with the first pick in the 2024 draft. Adam Johns joining us from The Athletic. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. So we've got uh, one of these free agent lists in front of us. That happens before the draft. Is there someone that you favor that you think is realistic that polls may take a big swing for? You're looking at the pass rushers, and like it's kind of difficult to say because I do think pass rushers tend to stay with their, their current teams. Like what happened with Washington 
is just so rare in them trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young. It just doesn't happen. The best pass rushers typically stay with their current teams. I know there's four examples in the past. Um, you look at the Ravens, look at Pernell McPhee, right? A, a young emerging pass rusher who went on to a different team. Like those stories happen usually with teams like the Ravens who know, who know, you know, when to give up on guys before other teams do. They have a great history of that. But I would look at the pass rushers. I would, I would try to look and see what three techniques are out there. I don't know if resigning Justin Jones is your best thing. But if I'm looking at the Bears and how they're spending their money, you have to start inside their own building and how you're going to pay Jalen Johnson. I think they might start with a franchise tag to get negotiations really going. But, again, that's a premium position that needs to be invested in, especially when it comes to the actual money now with Jalen Johnson. Great stuff. Johns, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Adam. Have a great afternoon, guys. There you go. There's Adam Johns from The Athletic. Read him. Really good. Like I said, he. I don't remember. Do you remember someone else who said to us, hey, guys, don't be surprised if Eberflus is staying? No, I think he's the first one I remember saying that for sure. So uh, he's great at what he does. There's really good crew up there at House Hall. We talk to a lot of them. Of course, our own is Courtney Cronin. She's great at what she does. We talked to Patsy a lot. We alluded to Big Z earlier, reading some of his stuff. By the way, shout out to all the people who work for the Chicago Tribune. I don't know if you guys have been following this. I believe tomorrow they start a 24-hour strike. All the union workers for the Chicago Tribune. They've been negotiating for a new contract for, I believe, five years. Wow. They have not, uh, they have not gotten a new contract in five years. So they have finally like said, look, we got to do something about it. So the entire staff of the Tribune is doing like a 24-hour walkout. So and we've got a lot of friends over there at the Tribune, and they're doing a 24-hour strike. Yeah. It says the walk-off to the job to protest uh, management's refusal to offer cost-of-living raises and threats to end their 401k matches. So, obviously, there's a lot at stake for them, and you can understand why they are. Of course, are, yeah. They're concerned with what's happening. Um, 312-332-3776. Let's uh, take a few calls here. Alan, downtown, you're on Waddle and Sylvie. What's up, Alan? Hey, hey what's up, guys? Big fan, big fan, guys. Two bears, two bears. <laughs> what's Look. up? Right, Alan. Stop. Look, all I gotta say is I've been reading reports, I've been hearing reports about a lot of interest in Luke Getzi. He's getting a lot of attention. Ain't nobody wanna know Luke Getzi. They know that the Chicago Bears have the number one pick. They're probably gonna go with Caleb Williams. So they're salivating. They're licking their chops. What better person to talk about Justin Fields with Luke Getzi? But ain't nobody wanna know Luke Getzi. Oh, oh, but Al- yeah. Alan, let me ask you a question. If you feel that badly about Luke Getzi, why would any team bring him in and take any serious, taking a serious approach to anything Luke would say if you don't trust him? And they're trying to get any information they can get from anywhere, even from Luke Getzi. Let me tell you something. Luke Getzi is like that ugly girl that has a crush on a boy, and the boy finally talks to the girl, and she's happy, only to find out that all the boy wants is info on her cute friend. Nobody wants no Luke Getzi. Da bears. And, and guys, um, I want to do a shout-out to uh, uh, one of my coworkers, Mr. Simpson, at the middle school I work at. He's a huge fan of the show. I love you guys. Thanks, Alan. Mr. Simpson. Mr. Simpson. Mr. Simpson. All right, shout out to Mr. Simpson. And, Alan, thank you for listening. 
This is breaking news. Great to hear this. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Spools 1000. related? Bears related? It's you sort related. Of. Yeah, and you related. Yeah. I don't know. You want to give this, uh, Tyler? Sure, I can give it. This is from Pete Thamel. Sources... Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley is expected to become the new defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Wow. He came from the NFL. He, I think he was a secondary coach with the 49ers. He's brought BC to bowl eligibility in three of his four years. Yes. Do you, is that weird for the head coach of BC to go back to the NFL as the DC? Well, listen, I love my, my, my school but they're not. Uh, they're in the ACC, but they don't play in the big boy league. They swim in the shallow end where everybody else swims in the deep end. We don't spend money on players the way that other people do. Our facilities don't match up with other teams in the ACC. My guess is, is Jeff Halfley looked at that job knowing he's not going to get the support financially and in other ways from the administration and said, I've taken this group as far as I can take them. I'm going back to the NFL. Hoped things would be better, but... Is this, bad, the, is this bad news for the Bears? Is he a good defensive he's good. mind? Yeah, he's a, good, he's a good coach. I think he was the secondary coach for the 49ers. I'd have to go back and look at his resume, but I think he's very well thought of in the NFL circles. He's a young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a that's a surprise. I didn't even that, know he was in. Inter- I didn't even know he was interviewing. Yeah, I I, I said to them while while the last caller was talking, I go, "Do you guys see this uh, this Packer news?" And Beller goes, "Yeah, I'm going to play the breaking news as soon as uh, the caller's done." You know what? I'm I I feel good for Halfley because I don't think that the 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 job in Boston is is a good job any longer, or it's not as good does as that it pain could be. you to say that. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he look, look, he looked at that. You can run your own program in one of the best cities in the country, or you can go back to the NFL and be an NFL coach as an assistant. Yeah, he spent seven years in the NFL, mostly as a defensive backs coach. Yeah. So now, so now Waddle's college, not his actual college coach, but the guy who was coaching BC, currently the head coach is the Packers defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley. He was hired there. I am surprised because I hadn't heard yeah. his name attached to, to that position. I didn't know who was going to get the job, but but uh, good for him. Um, and then going back to the caller, um, I do agree that like I, I think there is significant interest in Getze. I don't know if he's going to land a job, but I do believe that the, they're, all these teams are getting information as well, just like the Bears. like We're doing double work with Kingsbury and some of the other people you go and you get information where is he interviewed so far the um, patriots the yeah, saints and the raiders and the raiders yeah and he was going back for the saints for a second time today Look, i mean so let's let's kind of talk this through um if you're sitting down and you're interviewing luke Getzi because you got he got fired and he's sitting down in an interview and they ask him what do you think about justin fields or how things went in chicago what do you think Luke Getzi's going to say? Because Luke Getzi's inability to orchestrate that offense in a productive manner and get the most out of Justin consistently is the reason why he's sitting in that interview room. The fact that he wasn't able to accomplish that. And I'm just asking the question. Do you think Luke Getzi sits down and says, 
Hey, I just made a bunch of mistakes. It was me. Everything I called was awful. My game plan sucked. I didn't go to work. All of it was on me. Or do you think he sits down and says, look, I was thrown into a difficult situation where I'm coming from this system and then had to tailor my system to a player who's got a different set of skills. The reason I mention this is, is that if he's interviewing with the Saints or he's interviewing with the Patriots or he's interviewing, who else did you say? The Raiders. The Raiders. Two of those three teams have a real interest in fields. Do you think that Lou Getze is going to be excited about being reunited with Justin in a trade? Maybe. Like, maybe they have a better relationship than we think. I don't think they had a bad relationship, but at the end of the day, Justin Fields not taking that next step was blamed a lot on Lou Getze. I have a legit concern that, like, if he lands the Raiders gig... That might take the Raiders out of. Do you play. understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like, uh, if Luke, I, I'm just speculating. To, but if you bring in Luke Getzi to talk, and the Raiders are interested in making a deal for Justin, Luke Getzi just got fired in Chicago, and Justin was his starting quarterback. And right, like, do, don't you think that maybe they just wanted a fresh start on offense all the way around? With the quarterback and OC. But they just hired a guy. Yes, to some degree. But they just hired a guy who's going to basically bring the same system in. You're just going to, you know, he's more accomplished. He's had three years of calling plays. This was Luke Getze's first spin at it. I think that they believe that Shane Waldron is a better coordinator than Luke Getze running the same system. Listen, yeah. I, like the one thing I'll say, Sylvie, I, it would be surprising to me. Very surprising. It's not impossible that they could reunite. In some place like Vegas, Fields and Getze, but it would that would like be stunning to me. I, I do believe though whether they're they're serious about hiring him or not. I do believe you get more facts yeah. in an interview, yeah, than you do on a phone call for fifteen minutes. I'm with you too. Like, I, listen, I I think I think this is is smart by all of these teams to do this. I thought it was smart for the Bears to do it. I think it's smart for all these other teams. I'm just suggesting to you that. From my perspective, if Luke Getze finds himself in in New England or New Orleans or in Las Vegas, I I can't envision a a Fields Getze pairing again. Am I crazy for saying that? I would be like it would be. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it would be. Listen, I will say Luke Getze always seemed to speak glowingly about Justin Fields in press conferences. He would occasionally talk about needing to get better, but he usually had a lot of praise for him. So I think. On that level, I wouldn't be sh- totally shocked. But the way it ended... Don't you remember also a lot of the... Like, some of them the were veiled stuff. comments. Well, the some fields. of them were true comments as well. Right. Justin the, said the things. The Justin thing was the, 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 the tipping point when he goes, what's the problem? And he said, he said coaching. Why are you playing robotic? Coaching. Demarcus Walker sent out a tweet you know, a couple of weeks ago. Hey, can you imagine how good Justin will be once he's developed? Like, there have been other guys. I mean, we talked about what DJ Moore had to say at the end of the season, whether these were direct, I say shots or comments directed at Luke Etsy, or they were just generalized comments in general. I just think that that would be an odd pairing for Luke Getze to be in, in an environment where he's the offensive coordinator but, but where like, Justin would be pursued again. Like you always say about Getze, that he's not the devil He's, uh, not. he's not the football devil. It was him at that that bye week who changed the offense into a running type yeah. RPO offense that that had him rush for that record rushing amount of yards. So that isn't what Ryan Day did at Ohio State. No, it's not. 
So that that wasn't what they envisioned Justin Fields to do. Right. And then when the Bears brass got together after he set the record for rushing, they didn't say, let's continue down the same path. They got together as a staff and they said, okay, now let's get him up and throwing more. Yeah. That's why they hired Shane, Shane Waldron. They, they hired Shane Waldron to me. The biggest statement that is that they made with this hire, just my speculation, is that this system works. We believe in this system. Because regardless if it's Caleb Williams or it's Justin Fields, they're going to run this offense. Now, they may tweak it to fit the skill set of the player, but they're not going to go into some sort of Greg Roman offense, Greg Roman's offense, if in fact they move forward with Justin. They're going to ask Justin to improve inside the confines of this offense. They will tweak it for him at times, but they're not going to go away from what they do. And I think that this hire tells me that they believe that this type of offense and this type of system is the the offense you want to run to get to where you want to go in the NFL. Peter and Schomburg, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Pete? Yes, hello, guys. A big uh, fan of you guys. Uh, listen to you guys from day one. Uh, Thank you. What we, need, what we need is Harrison Jr., Marvin Harrison. We need him. We, Justin Fields is the man. We need weapons. DJ Moore needs help. Komet and Justin connected the last couple seasons. We need another weapon. We need offensive power. Our defense is there. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Waddle, you're a wide receiver, my man. We need... You don't Harrison. need one like he me. The, he is, yes, correct. He is the next Randy Moss. He is the next Randy Moss. And we are just not going to choose him. Or we, we already got a quarterback. It's similarities... In college, uh, Caleb and uh, Fields, same video highlights in college. But when you get to the pros, it's a different story. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I think that there's, I, I can't, I could, I probably agree with him that Marvin Harrison Jr. may be the most risk-free pick in the draft, regardless of position. Fantastic player. If for whatever reason you come and go and the draft is comes and goes in April and you've got Roman Dunze or you've got the kid from LSU and not Marvin Harrison, I'm not going to be upset. So, but he's saying keep Fields and trade down for Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I don't think you're not going to do that. And then we brought up in the pre-show fist fight, we have not gotten to this this week. Over the weekend, there was an, an NBC Sports mock draft. I saw it on the NBC Sports Chicago site. Where he, they had like the Bears doing what the Houston Texans sort of did last year, where they had the Bears taking Caleb Williams at number one, sort of like the Texans did with their quarterback at number two, and then they had him trading back up, back to the top of the first round, um, and they how they took Will Anderson. Yeah, they had the Bears moving up from number nine to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. So they ended up with Caleb Williams. And Marvin Harrison Jr. What but did it, it cost him? Um, not a lot in the NBC Sports Chicago mock draft. Was that was reasonable? Shot. Is it reasonable, or did you look at the mock and say there's no way that's happening in terms well, of the compensation? At, at first, they they edited it because at first they headed a very pro Bears draft where the Bears were getting more stuff. What did they end up uh, revising it to? Um, by the way, I'm not an advocate of, of – of, if you're going to draft Caleb Williams at one, I think that if you want to go wide receiver, there's plenty of guys that I'd be fine with at nine. I wouldn't move back up. I think they had the Bears trading like Justin Fields – 
and the ninth pick to, I think, New England. And number three, is that where New England's picking? Are they three? Yeah, yes. They're three, yeah. So, so Arizona's they four. They had them trading Justin Fields, the number nine overall pick, and something else to get the number thir- three overall pick. But I don't think that gets you to th- from nine to three. Think about everything that Carolina had to give up to go yeah. from what? What did they go, nine to one? Yes, I think so. It, it it sounds like a confusing. I'm uh, again. I think I can find, depending on what I would give up. Look, it, I would prefer to have Roma Dunze and somebody else as opposed to trading Justin and the number nine pick just for Marvin Harrison Jr. That's just me. Like I I think the difference. I I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a fantastic player. I think you can find wide receivers. And you could probably also find somebody else that could, like Brisker's a second rounder, uh, uh, Gordon's a second rounder, Stevenson's a second rounder. Like you can find guys that you can plug in and be starters in day one, as well as that wide receiver you would get at nine. And they're not good enough yet to start no. cashing in their chips. Not right? for me. Not for me. Yeah. That's not a deal I would be interested in. I don't want to have to give up anything, you know? I want to keep that nine. I may, I, I may decide to move back and acquire more. Yeah, right. But I'm not, what I'm not going to do is give up on that and that's something. A, that's a great point, too. Like, if you stay at number one and take Caleb Williams, you may take number nine and trade down. You could. Uh, because you don't have a second-round pick this year. That's right. But Unless you get, get one for fields. Uh, Gus in Naperville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Gus? Hey, Sylvie. How are you? We're good. Uh, I just have a real quick thing to say, because I've watched Caleb for the last two years playing. Um, Come March 5th, I think a lot of people are going to have a mind-blowing experience because they're going to see him, if he goes to the Combine, that he is just going to be another bust. He cannot grip a pro ball. He's got big hands. I know. He cannot grip a pro ball. Watch him when he's holding just a college ball. He can't grip a pro ball. All right, so Gus is waiting. Oh, that Gus in Naperville is, is reporting, the first to report, that Caleb Williams cannot grip an NFL football. Not not the way he grips the – I mean, in college, he was lights out. Okay, and lights so, out. Do, do I have this correct? I want to, before I write the story, I'm going to write this up to the .com uh-huh. website. Gus in Naperville is reporting – that Caleb Williams will not be the first-round draft pick, uh, and he has a tough time gripping the NFL football. That is correct. Okay. And I'm not a Justin fan, but I do believe there's other quarterbacks in this draft that are going to be much better than what Caleb Williams will be. And when Caleb's I... a good quarterback. I'm not telling you he's not a good quarterback. I just don't believe he will be a pro-level quarterback. Pro level. When I when I write this up, can I cite that Gus in Naperville has watched a lot of USC football? Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it, Dano. <laughs> Gus Allen. Tommy, I used to watch you all the time when you were playing, and I loved you. Thanks Thank you, for Gus. All your service. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah I, look, I don't know what his I don't know what his hand size is. I, I was under the impression that was one of the things they actually talked about that was impressive about him, but I, I may be wrong. 
Also, Tyler, the NFL and college ball are the same size. Yes, I was going to say that. I <laughs> we, mean, they, they look different, but they're the same size. Get that to Bristol, though. The Gus is reporting something big. That is weird that somebody would think that the ball is different size. Remember the thing about uh, Jamar Chase when he came out that he called the ball. It was more difficult to catch the NFL ball than it was the college ball because it was missing the white stripe. <laughs> That's right. I it. do remember that. Yeah, I do remember. Worked out all right. I we, think he adjusted. We had, do you remember we had the caller two days ago who said because Caleb Williams paints his nails, he lacks the grit that Chicago fans will endorse. We've had some, again, it's crazy. It's disinformation season. It says here, though, Tyler, college footballs can be slightly smaller than NFL footballs and have greater variation in terms of their dimensions. Whereas it depends re- how many PSIs are in. Regulation NFL footballs are 11 to 11 and a quarter inches long. Most states permit college footballs to range in length from 10 and a half to 11 and a half, 11.25. Look, I, I don't know. I thought they were the same size as you did. But I think it's somewhat I knowledgeable. Believe, I have to believe, though, in the big, like when you're playing in the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, isn't it? Is it not closer to universal? I would like, think. I, but like Division three college, I could see there being a little more leeway in terms of the size of the football. Were you saying that the Division three football is smaller than no, the I'm, Division one? I'm football? saying I could see that not being as regulated. Are you, are you saying the Salukis at Division one double A are using a Nerf ball? What are you saying now? <laughs> One of those torpedo. I, 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 I don't, I've, I've heard ball. that. I've heard that people are concerned about Caleb Williams' height. Yeah, I've never heard the hand size. Six one concern. Yeah. What well, Earl wants to report something. Earl in Hyde Park. What What would you like to report? Um. Well, I would like to report a couple of things. First, the Caleb Williams talk is, is really starting to get old. I've watched Caleb Williams, and I watched Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is a much better quarterback and Caleb Williams, but I can't understand why his name is never being mentioned. Um, and what, Earl? I'm just hearing you guys kind of repeat what's being said on the morning talk show. So if I watch Get Up and First Take, I just kind of hear you repeating it and because the what part? You kind of your phone Williams, cut out. Your phone cut out. What part? Okay, I'm saying because the experts are saying Caleb Williams is the, is the guy to me, that's what you're saying, and I don't really get the feel that you really watch Caleb Williams. And the one thing that I remember about Caleb Williams, I can't remember which game it was, but they lost. And I remember him going up into the stand and crying on his mother's shoulder. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute now. This is the guy that everybody is saying is a Heisman pick and is a, is a number one draft pick. And after he loses a game, he runs up in the stands and he cries on his mother's shoulder. So I, I, I'm not big on Caleb Williams. I like Bo Nix. Um, I do think the Bears are going to get rid of Justin Fields, and I, and I, I hope they do. But the, I, I do believe uh, Poles will do right by Justin, just like he did right by Roquan Smith sending him to, to Baltimore. So I, think, I don't think he's just going to get rid of him. I think he's going to do right by him. Right. Uh, but I hope, he, I hope he goes somewhere else and, and has a, a successful career. Agreed. And I'm not a Justin Fields fan, but I just hope that Post would, I, and I think he's going to do right by him. But the whole Caleb Williams thing, it's like Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. And I, I agree with Gus from Naperville. I, I just don't think he's going to be. His hand size is too small. And, is a crier, and, and a, a crier. And a crier. So Earl, Earl's reporting Bo Nix is a better quarterback. That Earl says that Waddle and Sylvie are just repeating stuff from Get Up and First Take, 
and that he doesn't like that he cried on his mother's shoulders. What was that after the UCLA game? Which game yeah, was that was, when he was yeah. crying? I think so. So I got the, all that correct, right, Earl? That's it. All right, good. So come, yeah. come, come, this time, it. come this time, come this time, later this year. Yep. I'm going to come back. You, and you guys oh, got to say, Earl, you're here. right. You got please it. Do. Please do. We will always be I, here to I, pay the piper. I think of all of Thanks, Earl. I, I think we have right. been adamant about, I know I have. I haven't watched a ton of I Caleb don't have Williams' all the tape. Yeah. No, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of his tape. I've seen highlight films, and I will, before the draft, watch all of his games. But I haven't been pounding the table for Caleb Williams. I've been pounding the table that if 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 Ryan Poles decides that Caleb Williams is a better option than Justin Fields, then he needs to draft Caleb Williams. That's what I'm pounding the table for. Danny has given me clearance to go to all the quarterbacks' pro days. Nice. I will be. He is sending me to every quarterbacks' pro day, so I will be taking every pro day in in person as a member of the show. And we'll be uh, broadcasting live from each pro day. Not are you going we'll- to three or are you going to six? What's that? Are you going to three pro days or are you going to six pro days? I'm going to every quarterback's pro day. Are you going to measure so, hands? So more, so more than six. You're going to yes. have to measure your Cause, hands. Because I was thinking Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and J.J. McCarthy are oh, the six. Keep going. You're going more. You're going yeah. deeper than that. And, oh, yeah. And by the way, if you get to talk to them, you have to present them with emotional situations and see if you can get them to cry. Yes. So then you can make a determination on whether or not they can play football at a high level based on how they respond to an emotional question. And check their fingernails, too. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why, why do people have such a problem? I asked that to one of our guests. I forgot who it was. Why was the crying thing such a big deal? Shows he's soft. I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't, I mean, some people said, hey, you should, if you're going to do that, do that, you know, in the, the closed doors. I, I don't know. I, I don't care. Can you, like, again, I'm going to, I would do all of my due diligence and all of my investigations and all of my information gathering. I know it was a big deal at the time on social media, but why was it a big deal? Look, you know it. what? You, 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 you want to know where tears come from? From watching your favorite football team never have anybody throw for 4,000 yards. Or never throw for 30 touchdown passes. And never have a guy that you can really hang your football hat on and say, we've got an elite quarterback. That's where my tears come from. And I'll cry in public for you. I've got a damn swing where I cry after every game. Yeah, so I look at it as a positive. Like, he loves football so much that when he loses, he cries. It hurts so much. Well, I think part of why it got some blowback, and it's not what I think a lot of people are citing, it was because he tweeted out the year before... Max Duggan was crying right. at his press conference, and he just yes. tweeted out "LOL." And then this comes around, and then he got a lot of heat for and, that. And listen, now you got to own it because of what you did previously. It, it, you know what it does? It's I got a giant, you know, a giant folder. It goes into the folder of the information. You put it all into the folder. You, you yeah. process it all. Then you come to the determination: is it worth the first overall pick? And if he's worth the, worth the first overall pick, you you you, you use you it take on him. him. Yep. Yep. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We do. We could have a um, a listener host feud. I heard this on the radio yesterday. A listener host feud. Yes, there could be a listener host feud okay. brewing. I will play you what I heard uh, coming up next, and then Aki's a list at six o'clock live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000.
This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Joey G, Melrose Park here on ESPN 1000 with Black and Abdallah. What's up, Joey G? Hey, guys. How are you? We're good, What's man. Up, What's up? Now I'm going to go back to tipping. 20% is the minimum, no matter where you go. Yeah. You know, you go to fine dining like Cap. My nephew's a waiter there at Chicago Cuts. Yeah. You know, if I go there, which I don't rarely visit because of the pricing. You should get Cap to take you one night. No, I don't want Cap to take me anywhere. What happened with you and Cap? Did you guys have a falling out? No, I I don't know what happened, guys. And I don't know if Danny will be happy me discussing it on the air. Okay, all well, right, all right. Let's we'll, not, we'll move on. Let's not discuss we'll move on. it. On I, the didn't, I didn't okay. want to poke. Didn't, I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to bring up. Uh, I want to hand hours to wait to talk to Cap and Hoodie, and I can't get on the phone. Oh, that sounds like a Shay Norling problem. Yeah, that's. Uh, I wouldn't be upset with Cap on that. That might be a Shay Norling problem. And it's a regular last last month and couple of weeks, hmm. but that's okay. I still listen to her show. I, uh, I felt so bad for Joey G. Joey G's a regular. Joey G and and Cap met for beef sandwiches. Is he been put in the freezer? He's not allowed on? I don't know what happened. I felt heartbroken for Joey G. Uh, When I was driving, I had just gone for gas. I was out a little later than normal. I got back in my car, back to listening to Black and Abdallah, who join us at about 6.15 now. New hours. We're on from 2.30 to 6.30. And, um... I, I don't hear Black and Abdallah usually get embarrassed or at least, like, shy away from a topic. They didn't want any part. <laughs> they didn't want any part of that. When, when, and I was, quite, I was quite shocked by that when Joey G said, no, I don't want Cap to take me anywhere. I thought he was a staple in the morning. He I guess, is. I guess he's not anymore. Usually at about 7.45 or 7.50, I hear Hoodie say, let's go to... Melrose Park, here's Joey G. and But I guess he's been put away. We'll have to ask them tomorrow about this. I, yeah. I, I just sent Black, because he's the biggest USC fan I know. Yeah. I asked him, does, does Caleb Williams have big hands? He sent me an emoji. Of a, a, of a big hand? No. Of what? He just sent me an emoji. Of what? Something. And then he said, honestly, I don't know. His of problem with big, holding, uh, what holding like. on to the ball is holding it one-handed while scrambling. Did he send you an eggplant? What did he send you? I'm, I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to leave it at he sent me in an emoji, and then you just have to use your imagination. So I told him, I said, stop it. I'm serious. And that's we can discuss it further when he comes in at 6.15. But I don't know anybody that's a bigger USC fan who I thought would have more inside information than Black. And he sent me an emoji. My guy, uh, Dr. Josh, sent me a text saying that the college ball is less oblong, less wide, so it's easier to get your hand around, hence why deflating the ball allowed Brady to squeeze it more easily. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think if you can, uh, the point I would make is, is if, if you could grip the college ball, you're going to be able to grip the, the NFL ball. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that there's that much of a difference. You either got, your, your hands are going to be a problem at the collegiate level as well as the NFL level. I don't recall that ever being I've literally part of the never, discussion. I've literally never heard anything being said about the college bo- football being smaller. You'd think yeah. we would have heard that from the combine once or twice. Like, it's hard enough to evaluate quarterbacks if they're playing with a different size football. 
Dave Craig would have said something. Rex would have said, like, I'm going through. Like, if anyone knows the small-handed quarterbacks, it's me. I'm in the club. I don't think that. I don't think, yeah, go Knicks. Yeah, you guys suck. Um, I know. They're actually playing well I know, now. I know. Uh, but that's, that's Bulls. You know, I got a little Bulls angst right now. All of a sudden, you started defending the yeah. Bulls with the neck. Yeah. Yeah, you guys suck. Tibbs hasn't played well. What are you talking about? Yeah, he does. Your guy. What I just went back and looked at the Bulls record, too, with Tibbs, because I was looking through their record. Oh, the good old days. We but, used to argue about minutes and not... Well, not, not again, I, I will. Is. I will go back and defend our stance. I'm against, just saying, I don't it's a better argument to have than talk about. That's true. The direction. That's of true. The team. But you know, every now and again, you'll take a shot. You know, you take a stray from Fred Hubner. You know, oh, you guys, Freddie, I love you, buddy, but like you, you have to add the context in the conversation. It was always about playing guys forty minutes when you had an injury. And Knicks don't suck. Uh, by the way, I want, uh, is, uh, can we get Joey G and Cap back on the same page? But I do, I don't believe it's anything that Cap, maybe Cap doesn't even know about it. I do believe it's probably like Shay. Like maybe Shay's just putting him on the phone bank without putting his name on the board. Call Shay and ask him. That's like a producer dirty trick. Do you do that, Tyler? No. No, Tyler wouldn't do that. Shay would. Every do that. name is up there. there. There's no blank spots up there. What do you want to go to next? You tell me. What do you want to take? Let's go with Joe and Cicero. Joe and Cicero. What's up, Joe? Good pick, Waddle. Thanks. <laughs> Joe, you let me down, Joe, man. where are you? Joe. Joe. Hey, Joe. UPS Roy. What's up, Roy? Hey, what's up, fellas? Roy. I had a... Uh... A different perspective on all these fields, supposed field supporters. I, for one, don't mind fields. I like fields, but I wouldn't be opposed to taking Williams. Now, my other perspective on it is I, I don't think it's a battle between Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. I think it's a battle between Caleb Williams and the haul that we can get for that number one pick. Right. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what's blinding people saying they love fields, they love fields, when all they really want is that huge haul that we can get twice as much as we got last year. Well, I don't know that you're going to get twice as much, but many would believe you'll get more. I think that's fair. I think yeah. some of that, I, uh, I, Roy, I would agree with you that some, a, a, a good percentage of people fall into that category. I think that there are other people that it is more about they just think Justin is being held back by other circumstances and he's we had someone yesterday tell us that he was Mahomes without Mahomes's talent around him. We had somebody that tell Justin us that. is or yeah. that the yeah. Caleb Williams. Yeah, is. at the very end. Don't you remember the one guy he said he was one that that basically uh he switched his vote and said if he had oh, to Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think it was the last guy we talked. All right, if you want to uh, weigh in 312 Aki's A list and also uh, one of the uh, highest priced tickets right now in town for the year is going on tonight. It's uh, Waddle and Sylvie.